Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 903. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Ismach at Take10FortTorah.org. So today is Tu B'Shvat, and Tu B'Shvat really just means the 15th day of Shvat, as we know, is somewhat of a holiday, and it has a limited amount of observances, but it's the origin of that holiday that I'd like to discuss this morning in the 10 minutes we have. The origin really begins not as a holiday, but as a technical demarcation relating to one particularly, maybe more obscure law, particularly nowadays. The Mishnah Rosh Hashanah tells us that there are four different Rosh Hashanahs. We're familiar with the Rosh Hashanah at the beginning of Tishrei, where we begin our year again, we are judged, but there are other Rosh Hashanahs as well. And those Rosh Hashanahs, similar to, you know, you can have your calendar year, you can have your fiscal year, you can have your school year, different years begin at different dates. And so for these different things, uh, there are different days of the year which begin these new sequences and processes. And so you have the beginning of Nisan, you have the beginning of Tishrei, you have the beginning of Elul, and finally it says you have the beginning of Shvat. The beginning of Shvat is the new year specifically specifically for Ilanos, specifically for trees. What does that mean? So that's the, first of all, that's the opinion of Beis Shammai. Beis Hill says, no, it's not the first day of Shvat, it's the 15th day of Shvat. So what does it mean that the New Year's have a tree? Does it mean like, you know, they're all getting together in shul and they're swaying all together uh, like we do with Talisamon? Uh, likely not. What it means is that there's a law known as Meiser or a Truma. The tithes and the parts of our crops and our produce that we take off for different things. We take off to give to the Kohen, to give to the Levi, some years to take to Yerushalayim, some years to give to the poor. So when it comes to taking off from those crops, so the rule is that I'm only able to take off from the crop for, let's say, truma. I have to give 2% for truma. So the 2% has to come from that year's crop. Can I take fruits from the next year's crop and take uh, those fruits and have them apply to the crop of the previous year? Of course not. And so when do we designate that year ending? Like when does the year vis-a-vis produce from the tree end? And so that is simply what we're talking about here when we say Rosh Hashanah li'ilanos, Rosh Hashanah, for trees is this is the beginning of the next year. Now you can't take from the fruits of this current year from the previous year, the day before um, Rosh Hashanah Lilanos, which is two Bishvat according to Beis Hillel and Echad Bishvat, the first day of Shvat according to Beis Shammai. So there's not so much uh, that's really exciting about that particular day, and there's no real reason to think that we should celebrate or think about anything more than just that this day was chosen, as the Gemara says, because by this day already most of the rain has fallen. Rainy season has been around for about three months already, since about the middle of the month of Cheshvan. So you had Cheshvan and Kislev and Teves, and here we are at Shvat. Most of the rain has fallen, so most of the fruits that have grown have been given energy from those, uh, the hydration from the rains of the previous year. So those are considered the previous year's fruits. That's about it. There's nothing really to celebrate. But what we do see over the course of history is there has been much more of an emphasis put on this day, honestly, even more than some of the other Rosh Hashanahs. Rosh Hashanah of Nisan, we don't really do anything. That's uh, Rosh Hashanah for certain things. Rosh Hashanah of Elul, which is uh, for Maser Behema, we don't really celebrate in any way. But as we'll see, Tu is a little bit different. So we have already, from Rabbeinu Gershom, 
over a thousand years ago, Rabbi Gershom addresses whether a communal fast day that was established should be deferred if it falls on Tubishvan. And he says, yes, it should. One should not be fasting on Tubishvan. The reason, he says, is because Arba'a Roshe Shanimheim, there are four Rosh Hashanahs, of which Tubishvat is one of them, and we compare one Rosh Hashanah to the next Rosh Hashanah. So the same a Rosh Hashanah that we're familiar with, the first day of Tishrei, is a day that we do not fast. It's a day which is a holiday, we have meals, etc. So too, the other Rosh Hashanahs, we should not fast. I, I don't know if he actually says this for the other Rosh Hashanahs, for Rosh, Rosh Hashanah of, uh, of Nisan, so that actually we, we probably wouldn't anyway, because Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the entirety of the month of Nisan, we don't. Uh, Rosh Chodesh Elul, though, I'm not sure, I mean, generally maybe Rosh Chodesh you wouldn't, but but uh, that's an interesting question. Now, what he does not mention is any of those other fasts, that's number one, and he does not mention, you know, other than the comparison to Rosh Hashanah that we're familiar with, Rosh Hashanah, he doesn't really mention any other reason that we should not be fasting. What's interesting about that is that Rosh Hashanah itself is somewhat controversial. Rosh Hashanah, uh, many did fast on Rosh Hashanah, it's a, it's a custom the Shulchan Aruch says that we should not do, but the Shulchan Aruch itself does refer to people who did fast on Rosh Hashanah, the Rosh Hashanah that we know as Rosh Hashanah, and that it's not such a crazy practice, that, that these people would fast for all 10 days of tshuva, and so, you know, it's not even such a slam dunk, so to speak, that the fasting on Rosh Hashanah itself would be prohibited. But that's the first custom we have, that communal fast days would not be established, even in a case of need, on Rosh Hashanah Li'ilanos, which is... Okay, so no fast days in the Shulchan Aruch Paskins this way, in Tafkaf Ayin Beis, Sif Gimel. The other law that we know, and this is again not a do, but a don't, is don't say Tachanun. The Maharil talks about not saying Tachanun. Tachanun is the tefillah of desperation. We fall flat on our face, nafila saphayim. And we've spoken about that before in these tens, the desperation of just being laid out, and like there's nothing I can do, and, and ah, it's, it's, just, it's just such a sentiment that does not jive with a happy day. So on happy days, we don't say Tachanon. So the different Minhagim customs of Ashkenaz that are recorded in the Sefer Maharil, Sefer Minhagim, the Leket Yosher, they all discuss saying Tachanon. In most places, Tachanon was not said. There's a bit of a debate about whether or not Tachanon should be said on the afternoon before. On real holidays, we don't say Tachanon the afternoon before even, so is how the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, but there was some debate about the uh, degree of the holiday, whether or not it would deserve a suspension of Tachanon even the day before in anticipation of it. So, so far we really only have two things. And one thing is no fasting, the other thing is no Tachanon. Now, those aren't do's, those are just don'ts. They tell you a little bit of the character of the day, but it's really mostly by the things we're told to avoid. Okay, so what about the do's? So we do have some uh, different customs, which, uh, which we'll talk about. And the first one is the custom of eating fruits. This appeared in uh, 17th century, the idea, 16th century, the idea that we should eat fruits on this day. And the, the, basic, the basic principle behind it is probably the Yerushalmi at the end of Kedushan. The Yerushalmi says 
that asid adam litain din vecheshbon al kolmasha rasa ena velo achal. A person is going to give an accounting for all of the fruits that they saw, but they did not eat. Reb Lezer was worried about this uh, teaching, meaning he wanted to make sure that he seized the day and ate all the fruits that he could. And he would go and uh, put money together so that he'd be able to buy the fruits. He would not have the opportunity to eat otherwise on one particular day of the year. Now, what is that one particular day of the year? So some suggest, particularly uh, the Chemdas Yamim and uh, those who are first to talk about this minhag, to eat fruits, they refer to it as uh, Tubishvat. That on Tubishvat, the day that we're a little bit focused on fruits of the tree, we should go out of our way to enjoy those fruits. Now the Chemdas Yamim that I just mentioned, who's probably a Talmud of some sort of Shabtai Tzvi, popularized what we now know of as the Tubishvat Seder, which that Seder really is just the eating of fruits in a particular sequence, a Kabbalistic understanding of the fruits that we're eating, uh, maybe a specific amount of fruits, making brachos and certain prayers. Some even have like four cups of wine, because hey, why not? You know, over the course of eating that sequence of fruits. And so the eating of fruits, to appreciate what God has created, what God has put in this world, is not a terrible idea. And it was associated with particularly this day of Okay, so there's nothing wrong with that custom, and that custom has, uh, you know, has its own legs at this point, and the Tu B'Shvat Seder has become a thing, but amongst Ashkenazim, uh, non-Kabbalistic, definitely uh, non-Chassidim, to make a Seder is not necessarily what's required, but we do know that the Magan Avram practically does bring this custom to eat different types of tree fruits. Some had this uh, custom to, to take vacation on Tu B'Shvat, it was, a, it was a day of Pagre, which means a day of vacation for the, for the teachers, for the students, uh, and the schools, and maybe that's why, I don't know, maybe that's why Yeshiva Week is this week. But there are other ideas as well. Um, the In Israel, it's become a day not to harvest from trees, but it's become a day to plant trees. And the establishment of the State of Israel, you know, ha- brought with it the cultivation of the land as well, a focus on that cultivation, and even before, of course, the establishment. And so Tu was sort of like, it became an Earth Day of sorts, where trees were planted. Rav Cook, writing about uh, 97 years ago, talks about this custom, and he says how beautiful it is that kids would go out and they would like go on tiulim and hikes and walks, and uh, they would go and plant trees, and they'd be involved in the establishment and the furtherance of the land. A beautiful idea altogether. The actual context of his letter is that that year was Shemitah, and because that year was Shemitah, one should avoid it. But in any event, Tubishvat has all of these meanings. Enjoy some fruits, enjoy your day, don't say tachlan, don't fast, and derive meaning from the value of the fruits that we eat and the gifts that we're given. Have a good day.